welcome to the B2B Leaders in Loyalty podcast and the next in our series of insights into what you need to consider if you're thinking of launching a loyalty program. I'm your host, Vanessa Abes. Today, I'm talking again with Dr. David Cox, CEO of Motorforce, the award-winning global agency specializing in B2B loyalty and incentive marketing. David definitely knows a thing or two about loyalty as he has a PhD in loyalty marketing from the University of Technology in Sydney, Australia. That means he truly is a loyalty doctor and he is passionate about the subject. David is also one of the very few people in the world to lecture university students on the subject of loyalty marketing, whilst also working as a loyalty marketeer in his role at Motorforce, creating and managing hugely successful programmes for companies of all sizes. Hi, David. Welcome back again. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Vanessa. It's a pleasure to be back. So far in this series, we've covered the business issues you need to address before you launch a loyalty program and also the importance of customer segmentation and targeting your most profitable customers if you want to be sure your B2B loyalty program is successful. But today we're going to take a closer look at the segmentation of participants within a B2B loyalty program and why you should aim to create the ideal program participant profile. Apparently, loyalty marketing academics call this concept profile performance. So firstly, David, can you tell me what you mean by profile performance and why is it so important for a loyalty program manager to create the ideal loyalty program participant? Thanks, Vanessa. It is a great question because the profile of a participant in a B2B program is the concept that underlies us identifying the objectives and the types of behaviours that we need to reward to deliver that desirable return on investment. So when we look at your customers, the people who are your resellers and buyers, we identify in the top 50 or 100 of your customers a common theme. And that theme is what is the behaviour that they do that separates them from your other customers? What makes them so valuable? Why are they so important? And once we identify those behaviours, we start to construct a matrix that allow us to reward for those types of behaviours happening at time again and again and again. And they become the structure of your loyalty program. And our job then is to try and get more of your other customers to mirror that profile. And it's a very good way to articulate why and how we should be developing these particular programs, because we really want to pinpoint our resources to rewarding the right behaviours at the right time so they can deliver that return on investment for you. So, uh, yeah, I get that. I understand it. So basically what you're saying is that participants in a B2B loyalty program can be segmented into being rewarded for different types of behaviours and you can categorise them based on their performance with regards to those behaviours. So you build up a specific profile for that participant. Exactly. Yeah. So what sort of behaviours or types of participant performance are relevant in B2B programmes? Can you give me a couple of examples of how programme managers could look to categorise their business partners within their programme? Absolutely. One of the most important elements that we're seeing in programmes is knowledge, education, the ability of these particular resellers or customers that are really selling your product to an end user that they know about your firm and your products. And there is a very strong correlation in B2B programs that says those that have more knowledge and more and more education and skills about your products and your services actually perform and sell better. 
Um, and our job then is to ensure that we have the tools and resources in all of our programs that allow those participants to get those, those, that education so that we can see them being far more better in their sales efficacy. In fact, right across all of our programs, we have an educational component to ensure that people have that minimum knowledge, whether they be a travel agent in one of our programs where they're familiar with the, with, with the suppliers that are, that are participating, right through to our IT uh, clients who have very complicated and complex products, and we've got to ensure that they have the right level of knowledge so that they can uh, in, enjoy and put those particular products through to their end users. So while knowledge is important, though, we also need to make sure that they're able to apply this. So skills performance is another profile that we focus on, being able to apply the knowledge right across into selling that and, and, and demonstrating it. Now, in B2B programs, we have the ability of seeing when somebody completes a module and then immediately seeing how long after they have sold that particular solution or that particular product. And we can see the correlation between before the module and that type of behaviour post the module. And we even have things like steps to the sale where we reward points for various elements in being able to convert a sale. This is more applicable to long sales cycles that might take three or four months where you need to register the lead, nurture the lead, tease the information and client requirements out, put the bid or the proposal forward, uh, make sure the quotation's there, secure the, secure the sale, and then provide up with post-sale follow-up service. Now, if you did all of those, you would then get bonus points in a loyalty program by showing you have the knowledge, you've applied it correctly, and you've been able to secure the sale and then continue with the post-sales support. So, yeah, so <clears throat> clearly there's a distinct link between product knowledge and business partners in your program using that knowledge to increase their sales. Um, and that's a very interesting concept that by encouraging them and rewarding them for undertaking training, they'll stay more loyal to your product and generate more ROI. Um, so that's knowledge performance and skills performance. Have you got any specific examples of how this has worked in practice for Motiforce clients? Um, absolutely. Again, across all of our clients, we have uh, metrics that link sales and, and, and performance. So I mean, if we were to look at one of our um, IT companies being Lenovo, where we have a rigorous e-learning and skills development program, we have shown when we compare to non-participants. Now, this is an important element because in the B2C component of loyalty programs, comparing to non-participants is not that easy to do. People join programs in B2C because um, it's an open-ended program and there's no restrictions. So all of your fans are going to join the program. So it's difficult to compare those who've joined the programs who are fans of your product and they're going to use your product versus those who don't because they're probably not fans in the first place. In B2B programs, though, we're, we can restrict. We can have a control group because we can allow only certain companies, and we do, by invite only, to join the program. So we are able to compare performance between participants and non-participants and, and between regions because a number of very like-profiled like companies are in the program and we do exclude some for, for, various, um, regions, uh, for various reasons and for policy. But for example, with the Lenovo program, we've shown that an average leap firm generated 10.9 times more revenue than a similar profile non-participating firm in the same region. And more importantly, 13.6 times more when the firm undertook learning. So again, we see this 
direct correlation between the uplift in knowledge and, and skills performance compared to uh, those who do not undertake learning or apply those particular skills. Um, 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 skills. The average number of products sold by a LEAP firm was 8.1 times greater than the non-LEAP firm, and again, up to 10.2 times more if the firm engaged in learning. Um, so we're starting to see again this, this gap, this, this, this gap between those who are doing the learning and applying the skills versus those who, who do not. Um, and, and that's a powerful element to, um, to, to driving the, your business. Wow, those really are impressive results. Um, but um, just moving on a little bit from the knowledge and skills performance, you know, what if a B2B program doesn't feature any product training as a reward mechanism? You know, what other types of performance can be rewarded in order to create and segment um, the ideal profile for participants? Well, we do have two other elements, which is like brand performance and ambassador performance, where the brand performance is where you reward participants for their scores for end-user customer satisfaction surveys, positive client testimonials, um, the results of mystery shopping exercises. So there are elements there which we can we, we can pick up with when people show the types of behaviours that are aligned to your brand and your brand positioning in the marketplace. And when we talk about ambassadorial performance, we're talking about people's actively recruiting and promoting your brand through their network. Now, that's become far more important when we've looked at social media now, where people can get on and they are influencers or they share good testimonials of their experience with dealing with you. And we can reward that, um, you know, for, for people who've done that. And in actual fact, client testimonials is becoming more and more important in the IT space where people need case studies of showing how, Im how impressive uh, they have been in, in deploying a complex solution right from the initial inquiry, right through to deployment to the end. And, and we reward, again, that for that ideal profile um, and that we call that ambassadorial performance. Yeah, that's really, those, that's very, very interesting. Um, but ultimately, you know, what about sales, sales performance? Surely that's ultimately the type of activity and performance that any B2B channel program needs participants to deliver. Well, at the end of the day, sales is always going to be the revenue metric that, that most organisations, particularly finance um, entities within a, um, within a business, yeah. will look at. You're going to spend X amount of dollars on your loyalty program and setting up, managing it and rewarding participants. And they're going to want to see a return on investment, you know, further down the line. And at the end of the day, sales is one of those metrics. Uh, now, you can we can qualify and measure the impact on the other profiles and what they do. Um, but we still need to obviously show that that has in, you know, shown some degree of profitability or increase in sales. So we'll always probably see a sales play somewhere. Um, you know, within the, the mix when we're looking at profile performance and the way that we set these B2B programs up. But obviously, it's it's clearly it's no longer just the sole focus nowadays in programs. So it's, it's really interesting to see how um, programs are evolving to reward for other behaviours. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it is conceivable in the future that that, that emphasis on sales will be start to be more diluted as we start to see other value-added products. And the big thing that happens with B2B loyalty programs is that once certain behaviours become habitual, the focus when you're developing the profile will change. So if we work further up the line that if you do these other types of behavioural profiles, that sales will become, as a matter of fact anyway, then you'll start finding that we may not focus on the sales component, but focusing on the upstream 
activities, the upstream behaviours that then would result in sales. Um, and a very good example of that is coming back to learning, where we have shown, and it can be up to five times in some cases, more effective to have somebody undertake a quick learn module than any other type of marketing activity because people's yeah. recall yeah. is far more important. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you, David. Um, once again, you've given me a lot more to think about in terms of planning the strategy for a B2B loyalty program and how best to segment participants and reward them for specific behaviours. It's been great talking to you again today. It's a pleasure, Vanessa. Um, well, that concludes this episode of B2B Leaders in Loyalty. We've covered a lot of ground so far in this series. But if you're listening and you still don't know where to start, then make sure you tune in next time when we'll be talking about the different ways you can dip a toe into the loyalty marketing sector and run a pilot programme first. 